Family, what's going down? It's your boy, Mr. Hurry, man. Look, I'm just checking out the news here. NBC nightly news broadcast. And I just figured this would be a good time to do some news analysis. Talked with you guys about the news and how you got to interpret the news a certain way. You can't just listen to it. Told you guys that for the most part, the mainstream media is speaking to the white audience, the dominant white society, not black folks and middle class black folks. You know, so when you listen to it and they're telling people to do things and they're giving instructions, those instructions are rarely are rarely meant for black folks. And when it's for black folks, it comes in a specific kind of way. And I wanted to point out the news, uh, especially today and right now, because they're running this uh, anti-Asian propaganda right now. They're saying that there's racism towards Asians. And we talked about, and we talk often about what, uh, how racism is defined, what actually constitutes racism and different things like this. And I did a, I think, two-hour, almost two-hour um, segment over at Patreon. Shout out to everybody who's partnered with me over at Patreon.com forward slash nonstop working. If you guys want to hear it, you can go over and check that out. I made the segment about the anti-Asian fakes. All right, it's public, so you guys can stream it. You just visit Patreon.com forward slash nonstop working. Click on the link and, you know, you'll be able to, to uh, hear it. It's two parts, part one, part two. So check out both of those things. All right. But I wanted to talk on it because I wanted to talk uh, about the news clip because, they're again, they're running this anti-Asian propaganda. And recently, just after we did the podcast telling you guys what was going on with this propaganda, um, someone... Um, committed some kind of um, staged attack on some Asian women in, a, I think, a salon or something like this. They're going to mention it in this clip that I'm going to play. Um, but I wanted to point out to the family how ironic it is, right? Now, we've been telling you guys that they've been picking up this, this anti-Asian propaganda. We've been telling you that they've been... Um, um, running with it and, and, and campaigning with it and that they were going to increase with this kind of nonsense. We've been telling you guys to keep your eyes open and stay out of their businesses because of this kind of thing. And just as we've been saying it, it's been unfolding. And so now this incident occurs and we really have to ask immediately, is it not a staged occurrence? Now, as I talked about in the anti-fake, uh, the anti-Asian fakes segment over at Patreon, I talked about how tight uh, Chinatown is kept. Talked about different things like how do you define the Asian communities? Where are their communities? So again, go check out that episode. But this just seems real odd and suspicious. That out of nowhere, when Asians are saying that there's a bunch of racism 
then this attack happens. Also, I mentioned in the podcast, I mentioned in the, in the stream over at Patreon, that these Asians who are claiming racism are trying to place the racism on black, saying that black people are racist towards them. However, they never call out white supremacy, even though they only show pictures of white supremacists being racist towards them. So it's a double game that they're playing. They're showing white supremacy, but they're not saying white supremacy. They're saying blacks, but they can't produce footage of blacks um, attacking them and, and, and being violent towards them and all these different kind of things. So it's a very goofy situation that they got going on. And it's a stunt. As I told you, they want to build some kind of movement around this. They want political traction from this. And that's what this is. They're seeing an opportunity right now to basically piggyback on the door that the indigenous North Americans have opened for themselves. You know, so check this out. I'm going to play this clip. And I'm just going to um, talk with you guys about what I'm hearing and how to kind of how I'm going to interpret it. You feel about it however you want. I'm going to share with you how I'm interpreting it. Tonight, new developments in the spa shooting rampage had left eight dead, six of them Asian women in Atlanta. Police not ruling out a possible hate crime and still not releasing all the victims' names. Vigils across the country, President Biden ordering flags at half-staff, and the sheriff's captain facing backlash after saying the suspect had had a bad day and the racist anti-Asian t-shirt he promoted on Facebook. The FBI releasing new videos of the most wanted capital rioters, the suspect using cattle prods and bats on police. One trying to rip the gas mask off an officer to plead tonight to the public. The AstraZeneca COVID vaccine deemed safe and effective in Europe after reports of blood clots and when President Biden says the U.S. will hit its goal of 100 million shots as COVID cases rise now in 13 states. The new storm threat after dozens of tornadoes strike the south. Our ride-along at the border. Our cameras coming across unaccompanied migrant children minutes after they enter the U.S., why they have chosen now to make the dangerous journey. And our investigation, the shocking number of potentially deadly pills sold online, and one mother's warning. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening and welcome. Atlanta authorities say nothing is off the table as they work to understand the motive behind Tuesday's deadly spa attacks. Tonight we're learning more about the eight victims. Six of them are of Asian descent. The attacks striking deeper fear and anger across Asian American communities, feeling increasingly vulnerable amid a growing wave of violence against them. President Biden's previously scheduled trip to Atlanta tomorrow to now include a face-to-face -face meeting with community members there. We are also tonight closely watching COVID numbers. There are some unsettling signs. And a bit later, a story every parent should watch about fake pills masking the deadly drug fentanyl and the horrible consequences. So a lot to get to tonight. Let's too. start with a late report from Atlanta and Blaine Alexander. Tonight, with families in mourning, from Atlanta's Korean community to the Georgia State Capitol, fear and frustration. We stand proud. We stand a little bit scared and shaken, 
but at the same time, we stand resilient. 48 hours after police say a Georgia gunman stormed three separate spas, opening fire and killing eight people, six of them Asian women, Atlanta police are still unable to release four names. We need to make sure that we have a true uh, verification of their identities and that, that we make the proper uh, next again, notification. Today at the White House, flags fly at half staff. Across the country, an emotional outpouring. Women that look like me are constantly being attacked. We're being harassed and now we're being killed. As no, hundreds show up and show support for the lives lost. Delana Yawn, a newlywed and mother of two, including an eight-month-old baby girl. She likes to make us laugh and smile. And I'm really going to miss that. And Paul Michaels, an Army veteran. As investigators continue their work, one official is facing scrutiny of his own over a 2020 Facebook post showing a racist, anti-Asian image related to coronavirus and for these comments about the suspect. Yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. Tonight, the Cherokee County Sheriff writes in part that the captain's words were not intended to disrespect any of the victims, the gravity of this tragedy, or express empathy for the suspect. Meanwhile, outside of the spas, tributes are growing. Here, a candlelight vigil tonight. Some simply overcome as a community waits for justice. Blaine Alexander, NBC News, Atlanta. I'm Jolene Kent. Today, for the first time in more than 30 years, Congress holding a hearing on anti-Asian discrimination. I am not a virus. And when you say things like that, it hurts the Asian American community. So please See? stop. See, this is what it's all about right here. This bill and all of this. Getting some kind of legal benefits is what this is all about. So they can't take things to Congress and all of that without these falling outs and stuff like that. But there is no anti-Asian hate or whatever. And especially coming from the black folks. Black folks are not ganging up on or attacking or plotting or anything like that against Asians. Now they're saying... Oh, it's racism towards Asians and we were tired of it. Well, the real is the only ones who have the power to be racist towards them is whites. And white folks are racist towards Asians. White supremacists are dominating Asians as well in America. That's, that's the name of the game. So a part of the problem with this outcry is that they're not being honest. If they were being honest, they would say... We're tired of racism from white supremacists. And then that would put them more in alignment with black folks and what they got going on. And when we're when they're like, we're experiencing racism and it's black people, now they're way off the mark. Now they're now they're lying. Now this starts to look pretty weak. In my opinion, it looks weak because, you know, they're here in America and we know that most of them are being successful. They're successful or whatever. So when they start doing this, lying on black people, the very ones who are fueling their businesses, 
it looks weak and it looks weak because what is it that you guys need clearly you have a need because otherwise they're not saying anything the Asians aim to side with the dominant white society so as long as things are going good with the dominant white society Asians normally don't have anything to say you know but what has happened recently that has made Asians want to cry out for attention in this kind of way one of the things family is that black folks have woken up and began to demand and make changes and Asian folks who have oftentimes sided with white supremacy have been feeling an impact feeling the impact of our newly formed decisions and so some of this is a response to that some of this outcry is a response to them feeling negative effects of us distance distancing ourselves from the dominant white society right or the white supremacist in infrastructure so some of this all of that you're hearing oh they're pushing it we're tired and our people are tired of being called names when you listen they can't even talk about true oppression they start basically sounding like teenage high school kids oh they're all they're, they're always picking on us and that's racist and we're tired of being asked about our eyes like the stuff they're complaining about is trivial when you compare it to what the indigenous folks are fighting about so it's like it looks weak in my opinion because it's like yo come with something for real Asians if you want to really come and fight come fight something for real but don't make up that you're being mistreated because you're trying to sneak some benefits and because you taking an L because black folks are on a come up that's that's weak that's nutty that's cornball shit and that's exactly what it sounds like when you listen it sounds just like cornball shit and I'm saying that as a black man who frequents black community yo we not creating no issue for y'all so this is like so much a lie it's also showing you guys how the propaganda machine works because this could also be a play for the dominant white society using Asians as a, a little proxy using them as a reason to um, or a, a little in between to go at black folks so you know us white folks we can't do it but we can do it with the Asians so another way to kind of try to bully black folks you know stop doing that the hearing, originally prompted by an alarming rise in anti-Asian hate nationwide over the last year, quickly devolved into a painful partisan battle. My concern about this hearing is that it seems to want to venture into the policing of rhetoric in a free society, free speech, um, and away from the rule of law and taking out bad guys. Your president 
and your party and your colleagues can talk about issues with any other country that you want. But you don't have to do it by putting a bullseye on the back of Asian Americans across this country, on our grandparents, on our kids. Now, she's trying to act all sad and hurt. Again, phony. You don't have to put a target on the backs of Asian Americans and our grandparents and our kids. Nobody's attack. It's it's so desperate. No one's attacking Asian grandparents. No one's attacking Asian kids. Asian kids are in love with black folks. They love hip hop. They're wearing big nails and Nikes. See, the truth is, blackness is rising, and that's what's really pissing off a lot of people. You hear these fake crocodile tears? She talking. This is. Out of envy, not out of truth. It's out of envy. This hearing was to address the hurt and pain of our community. And to find solutions. And we will not let you take our voice away from us. Congresswoman Doris Matsui of California, who was born in an internment camp for Japanese Americans, pointed to words from former President Trump. As a major driver of hate incidents and violence against Asian Americans nationwide. It was all too familiar. How worried are you that this is going to happen again? I am very worried. We have um, a big job to do, and we have to do it now. And this is not just an issue of white people versus Asian people or black people versus Asian people. It is really a question about of everybody versus acts of hate and bigotry. It's part of the history of America. Right. Now, now, this that bullshit. And again, go over and check out the stream over at patreon.com forward slash now start working. It says it's not about whites against Asians. It's not about blacks against Asians. It's about everybody against acts of hate. Wait a minute. Again, black folks haven't been committing the acts of hate. Okay. Let's say, just for the sake of argument, let's say blacks and Asians, we took at them together. Who's been committing the most acts of hate towards the op to the towards the other blacks? How many have blacks? How much hate has black been inflicting upon Asians? And how much hate has Asians been inflicting upon blacks? Black family, who do you think? Scale one to ten, right? Who do you think would be the one with the most hate shown? I would say in the past 20 years, it would probably be ding, ding, ding. Those Asians. And I said, and I talked about this in a stream, man, where look, Asian folks, you guys are the ones in our communities with the funky attitudes, with the not so healthy food with the not so nutritious food you're the ones in our communities pushing us the liquor pushing our people to liquor you're the ones 
with the ragtag laundromats. Every other machine broke. We start talking about who's been having nasty attitudes and racism. It's been most of it coming from Asians towards blacks, not blacks towards Asians. And it's because most Asians think that they're white. When they get around black people, they think that they're white. They act as if they're white. They try to adopt the rules that white folks display or operate by or whatever. That same type of white supremacy. And what's happening now is no one's talking about Asians and they're feeling left out and they're realizing their real place. See, as the world is talking about black folks being the original people of the planet and things like this, a lot of people are rediscovering and reconnecting where they fall in line. And so some of this fake outcry that you're hearing is about these people being mad at discovering their true place in the line. And so now they want to, we, we, you know, we, we get treated bad too. We experience racism too. And nobody's listening to our voices. Our voices aren't being heard. And we like, well, y'all, gosh, guys, I just talked about this over at Patreon. So much of it, y'all not looking out for black folks. And you're not looking out for us by having or opening your little store in our neighborhoods. That's not looking out for us. This idea that we need to hear y'all voices. Y'all come into our neighborhoods, don't even introduce yourselves. We buy from y'all for years. Y'all give us fake names and everything. Hear your voices. Y'all haven't been worried about being heard by black folks. We're out here talking about ending inequality and racism and white supremacy and all these things. And y'all haven't joined with us in great numbers. So where does this concern for the destruction and the ending of racism and hate come from? When for years we've been talking about it and you guys have just been acting as if y'all no speaking no English. Now black folks get their stuff in order and start moving and shaking the right way. Now everybody wants to kumbaya now. Now we want to talk about melting pots. This is some of the nuttiest stuff, guys, I've ever seen, ever. Just, this is nutty. As I said, I think this makes Asian folks look pretty weak. And I can't think that intelligent Asian folks don't agree with that. This looks really weak. It's so opposite of what Asian folks really doing. This cry like... We're we're hurt. There's totally not hurt. Like they are not concerned. Y'all know how they move. Times it takes a major event to spotlight what a community is actually going through. What's the reaction been like around the country? 
Lester, for so many years, especially the past 12 months, many in the Asian American community have often felt invisible, often fearful to speak out. But we're now seeing so many people express public support. It's a positive step forward, but still a long way to go. Lester? On the minds of all Americans tonight. All right, Jolene, thanks. The FBI is hoping you'll watch this next story closely. They need your help identifying 10 suspects wanted for violent attacks on police officers during the riot at the U.S. Capitol. We want to warn you, the video you're about to see is disturbing. Here's Tom Costello. More than two months since the attack on the Capitol, dramatic new video enhanced by the FBI of 10 suspects, wanted for what it calls some of the most egregious attacks on police officers that day. Among the videos, an unknown suspect trying to pull the gas mask off a police officer in full riot gear. The assailant isolated in photos and videos. More video of an attacker beating officers with a table leg and nails. This attacker trying to smash his way through glass doors with a cattle prod. Suspects spraying officers with a fire extinguisher and some type of orange chemical. Another assailant wanted for hitting and punching officers. Here, an older man breaks through a barricade and charges police. The FBI asking for the public's help in identifying all of the attackers. They are captured on video committing appalling crimes against officers who have devoted their lives to protecting the American people. The FBI has already arrested two suspects for assault on Capitol Officer Brian Sicknick, who later died of unknown causes. A D.C. grand jury has indicted both men on 10 counts. Investigators have arrested more than 300 people for their part in the insurrection, more than 65 accused of attacking officers. Lester? All right, Tom, thank you. In just 60 seconds. Basically, all those people going to be slapped with fines. Little, little, small, little charges, but they're going to be all let off the hook. Our encounter with young migrants crossing. Now, I believe that what was supposed to happen with that capital thing was a whole coup. They were supposed to storm that capital building. Take hostages if possible, seize stuff, set up a perimeter, make demands, and, you know, basically try to, like, um, overthrow the government. That's, that's what I believe that that whole situation was supposed to be. Um, but it didn't go as planned. Um, and the reason why I think it didn't go as planned is because I don't think it was taken seriously enough. And this is not me co-signing it or agreeing with it. I'm just saying. I think the people like to take something to take it over. Some bodies would have had to drop and they didn't go in there with that mentality. They went in there with a Phillies won the World Series attitude. You know, they went in there looking at it like, yo, let's just go down there and turn up and steal printers and, and you know, show our ass and um, that'll make change. And um, I think whoever organized it and I think whoever organized it expected it to kind of be so crazy that they can kind of just sneak in after or during it and do the real coup takeover kind of thing. Like, yo, we just going to send all of these people down there. It's going to be so wild that they won't know what to do. 
when stuff get out of hand, will secretly be putting these things in place. This is where you have people with explosives and people with lists of names and all this different kind of shit like this. So I think the I think so I think the the riot was used as a distraction, but it was all an attempt of trying to stage a coup. Somebody saw this opportunity, saw this as an opportunity to basically hijack the United States. And it didn't exactly go down the way they thought. Why didn't it go down? Again, I think it needed to go down because they weren't taking it seriously enough. Meaning, the people, not enough people were informed for it to be done correctly. And so they did it. They tried to stage a coup without staging a coup. I guess to keep themselves, they tried to fix it so that they couldn't be implicated in the end. And I think that's, again, all of it was done too secretly for it to work. It's like, yo, if you wanted to take this thing over, you needed to be a, a specific group, identify and take it over. They tried to be spread across a bunch of different groups using a bunch of different names. Everybody's invisible. Nobody can be traced. All of that kind of thing. And I think that made it weak. It made the movement weak. Not exactly having order, not exactly having the best structure, that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that, like I said, I'm not like encouraging anybody to go down and be trying to do it. I'm just considering coups that have happened in places like Haiti and in Africa, you know, um, and how they've gone down, you know. So, yeah. The border, why they say they are coming now. European regulators said today the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine is safe and effective after reports of a small number of blood clots led some countries to suspend the vaccine. In the U.S., more than 75 million have now received at least one vaccine dose. But Miguel Almaguer reports on some troubling new signs. After COVID cases dropped dramatically nationwide, tonight in 13 states, infections are on the rise, fueling new worry the U.S. could face another surge. In Michigan, cases are now up 64%. It's not over yet. It is no time to spike the football. With virus variants circulating in every state, today Dr. Fauci warning the U.S. could see a surge like Europe's. But with more Americans vaccinated, on Capitol Hill today, he was challenged. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any sign. I, I totally disagree with you. As President Biden gets set to mark 100 million vaccination shots after less than 60 days in office, so far, 12 states will allow anyone 16 and older to be vaccinated before May 1st. Within 90 days, officials say the vaccine supply will quadruple, and that should keep Americans out of the hospital. In Colorado, Sergeant Nate Kyleberg spent four weeks on a ventilator. This last week, he came out of it, and we were just all, like, cheering. So it's just, I'm going to get emotional. 
Tonight, progress amid a growing reminder of the risk we all face. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. Tornado watches in parts of Virginia and North Carolina tonight after a tornado outbreak caused widespread damage in Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, and Georgia, leaving tens of thousands without power. The first 200 unaccompanied migrant teenagers have arrived at the Dallas Convention Center, now waiting to be processed. Tonight, Gabe to Gutierrez is in South Texas, where he spoke with teenagers who just crossed the border. They told us the journey from Guatemala took less than a month, but here they were, eight teenagers in the dark brush with no parents crossing into the U.S. This one says his family paid smugglers to get him across. Hidalgo County constables just came across this group of unaccompanied minors. They've now alerted the Border Patrol, and they're telling them to walk to the end of the road or they'll be picked up. Here in Texas's Rio Grande Valley, Customs and Border Protection says it detained 11,000 unaccompanied minors in February, double last year. 11,000 unaccompanied minors. 11,000 unaccompanied minors. Yo, how could they be running pedophilia rings? How could they be doing trafficking? How could they be having sex with minors? Where are they getting them from? 11,000 unaccompanied minors. Now, what we like to think is that we have these borders where people are just there. And if anybody's in danger and trouble, they just get the best help and all of that. Family, that's a fallacy. That's not what we got. So we're wondering how people are, you know, how illegal things are happening, how abusive things are happening. Yeah, this is a reckless situation. How is it 11,000 unaccompanied children each year? You know what I'm saying? How is it a flow like that of, 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 of just children? Unaccompanied, no parents. And we'll be like, oh, well, it's it's America's fault for abusing these children. I'm like, guys, they're unaccompanied. So what you trying to say, Aunt, because they're unaccompanied, people should abuse them? No, I'm saying because they're unaccompanied, they're likely to be abused. They're minors. They're likely to be taken advantage of. They don't they don't know and they don't understand. And as a minor, you're not knowing and not understanding things. You're going to agree to a lot of what you encounter as long as you get ease. You feel what I'm saying? So if you're a minor and you've been wandering, they said it took 30 days this one particular trip. That's what they just said. If you're walking with a bunch of kids on a company, y'all hungry, y'all don't have money, there's nowhere to buy anything anyway, right? You get to some place... You're vulnerable. You're you're out in the open. Somebody starts saying, I'll give you a home and I'll do for you. I'll look out for you. You know, you'll go along with just about anything to to get some kind of stability, some kind of comfort to feel like you've actually um, done all right to get out of the danger, basically, to take care of yourself. So you're talking about 11,000 
children unaccompanied, man, that's a lot of potential to take advantage of. You know? Just putting that out there when we're wondering how is, you know, how does some of this stuff work? I say, yo, it's a lot of vulnerable individuals out here. Everybody's not secure. Here's figure. Right now, it's more than 500 children a day. How much of an increase have you noticed in the last couple of weeks? It, it's, it's quite significant. Hidalgo County Chief Deputy Constable Rene Gonzalez has been working the border for more than 30 years. Why do you think it's picking up? Uh, I think it's a policy change, honestly. Many Republicans argue President Biden's policy shift, allowing unaccompanied minors to stay in the U.S., is fueling the border surge. The Biden administration has been reluctant to call it a crisis and blames the Trump White House saying the administration left the border a mess. The teenagers we met say they know nothing about the policy shift. Did you decide to cross because of President Biden? Decidiste cruzar por el presidente Biden o no? No. Instead, they say they made the track because of violence in Guatemala. Children like these are transferred to Border Patrol facilities for processing within 72 hours, but resources are stretched so thin. It's he said, did you, did you, he asked them, did you cross for President Biden? They said, no. Dude, y'all think Biden get, listen, stop with that silly stuff. It's taking days longer than that. And across the border, other changes. We visited this migrant tent city in Matamoros, Mexico in late January. Migrants like Angelica Matos from Venezuela told us they were in limbo. I'm very hopeful. The camp has since been dismantled. Most of those migrants, including Angelica, are now here in the U.S. waiting for their asylum claims to be processed. Lester? All right, Gabe, thanks very much. A war of words this evening between the U.S. and Russia after President Biden agreed with the description of Vladimir Putin as a killer. Putin shot back today, saying if you call someone names, that's really your name. Moscow has called its ambassador home from Washington to discuss relations with the U.S. And tonight, a new test of this country's challenging relationship with China as top U.S. and Chinese officials meet in Alaska. Here's Andrea Mitchell. See? Secretary of State Tony Blinken arriving in Alaska from South Korea to meet with top Chinese officials only days after the U.S. sanctioned China for cracking down on Hong Kong and slammed China for coercion and aggression against its neighbors. Our intent is to be direct about our concerns, direct about our priorities. A senior official said they expect the meetings to be tough. The Biden administration is taking a hard line on China's threats to Taiwan and Tibet. Military moves in the South China Sea, human rights abuses the U.S. calls genocide against the Uyghurs, and cyber attacks. Whether it's the ability to launch cyber attacks or the technologies that could be deployed, the United States is the champion in this regard. I welcome your entire delegation. A dramatic shift from when Joe Biden as vice president hosted China's vice president Xi Jinping and saw him then as a potential force for economic and political reform. Now Xi is seen as an autocrat, but the U.S. still needs to work with China on climate change, the pandemic, and reining in North Korea's nuclear weapons. The Biden administration has made... He didn't say anything about any anti-Asian racism or anything like that, right? Overtures to North Korea. The only response so far, a harsh warning from Kim Jong-un's sister who said, if the U.S. wants to sleep in peace for the coming four years, it had better refrain from causing a stink. 
Damn. Lester. Andrew Mitchell, thanks. We're back. If the U.S. wants to sleep in peace for the next four years. There's more right after this. If you're counting on taking a trip later this year, Stephanie... And I want y'all to understand that that's a straight threat right there that was issued. And that's what I mean about when these folks are talking about some, oh, the Asians and we got to unite. I said, man, China is powerful. The army shits on ours. So does the Navy. Don't let them get you fucked up. Don't let, you, don't let them get it chopped when they out here talking about, well, you know, America's got the... The Navy and we got to listen, man. Folks can make moves on us. So it wouldn't surprise me if this was a part of all of this Asian rhetoric, anti-Asian rhetoric stuff. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a part of a larger move on um, China's part or something like that. So you got to be careful. But family, definitely watch out. Keep your eyes open for folks right now, aging folks in this nonsense. We got to go ahead and leave some of the businesses alone because this is crazy. But it's really not about harming them or revenge on them. It's about protecting yourself. You don't want to be caught up in one of these stores and restaurants and they trying to get a little bag off of you because they've been watching the news they running around thinking, okay, black folks want to attack me. So now they on extra, extra amp when you in the store. So you want to be careful. All right, but folks, go over to patreon.com forward slash nonstop working. Check out what we got going on over there. All right, partner with me. We got new work coming soon. Make sure you guys visit the website, www.daus.me. We're expanding the network. We're growing. We're continuing to work. And we're going to keep hitting them. You know what I'm saying? The time is now. Everybody jump on it. Don't don't wait. Don't wait. You know what I'm saying? Jump on board now. And um, let's keep non-stop working on them. All right? Peace, family.